Good morning, Peter. Welcome back. Thanks, Joppo. I, uh, have you been watching much of the Olympics? Oh, I have been. I, I, love, uh, I love watching any sport, as you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm yeah. particularly excited about seeing the athletics coming up. Yeah, now, Ethan was wondering when that whole uh, that show was going to get on the road. Um, my favourite moment um, was recently seeing an interview. I actually didn't even see the synchronised diving. I'm not necessarily a guy that would uh, line up for that. But um, these two American guys, I think, won gold. Can't even tell you their names. But uh, they were interviewed and they, um, they were asked the question, how did they get their head around the pressure of diving um, for gold? And uh, the guy just... Just straight away, as I said, you know, like if I focus on who I am being the sum total of my achievements in, uh, you know, winning a gold or winning here at the Olympics, he said, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm stuffed. He said, but I just focus on my identity in Christ. It's all, it's all sorted, so I can dive worshiping Him and and uh, in freedom. And they asked his mate, what do you think? And he said, yeah, my mate summed it up beautifully. That's I, the same for me too. And I thought, wow, that's 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 incredible. Those guys were diving for God out of their identity with him. And so, you know, that that's shaped a little bit of the conversation you and I have been having prior to the microphone being turned on. And uh, we also do want to um, spend a bit of time talking about living in our identity as sons and daughters of God um, as we, you know, continue to know the best way or seek the best way to uh, have the local church and, and those other people who have tuned in to... Um, to, to think and continue to be nourished in their faith and to seek Jesus for their, their missional life. So, uh, Peter, what, what would you say about all those bits and pieces? Well, Joppa, I love sport. I love the Olympics. And I love when people break records. The problem is that sport is often a reflection of life. Sport is often an escapism for life, but it's also a reflection of life. And in sport, it's obviously very performance-oriented. We've got winners and we've got losers. The person can get a personal best, but they get fourth, they don't get a gong. Um, a person can get second and get a silver medal, but they were the favourite and thought they'd get the gold medal and they're disappointed. So there's a point in life where our performance is measured by the hopes of a nation and by the expectations of a nation. Our performance is also commensurate with our expectations of ourselves and our longings for ourselves. And that's not a bad thing when we realise that this is an aside. Yeah. The problem is that it's a deeper reflection of something that's ingrained in all of society. Namely, if I perform well, then I'm accepted. If I get a good ATAR in year 12, then I'm accepted. If I get into such and such a uni, then I'm accepted. If uh, I get that course, then I'm accepted. If I have the trophy wife or the studly husband, then my friends will think that I'm really good. If I wear the right clothes, if I have the right farm, if, uh, if, if I, 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 I drive the right vehicle, etc., it's insidious in every one life. P pick up any magazine and look at the advertising. Uh, I don't care what it is, whether it's a, a, a chick magazine like Dolly or whether it's a golfing magazine, and all the adv advertisements are geared towards our performance. The problem with that is we think if we perform well, then we will be accepted and we will be okay so subliminally, the message that's given across our whole world is that our identity is commensurate with our performance. Mm -hmm. Take that into church circles. 
How big's your church? How many at your youth group? How many in your school? Um, is, you know, is, is what, also, what, what's your music ministry like? Is it is it also reasonable to say, you know, um, I'm spending a half an hour in the word of a morning. Um, I do. Therefore, God must be impressed with me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, it, I'm performing for God, for and, acceptance. And so we have we have an activity-driven <clears throat> criteria on which we base our performance and on which we therefore analyse as to whether we're accepted or not. The problem with that is that we know that performance, we've, we've just seen it, the Olympics are going on at the moment, performance is a very tenuous thing, and so we, we have to put a question mark after performance. Yeah. Yeah, how do I know if I've performed enough? How do I know if I've read enough? What if, what if, what if, what if when reading the Bible I, um, I uh, didn't concentrate for a couple of verses? <laughs> And so the scripture that, that uh, I would like to bring us to is one that I was reflecting with on the phone as I was in a conversation with someone on the way down here. It's where Jesus encounters Zacchaeus. And, and I love this whole story. Uh, no, it's not a story. It's an account. A story is something that may or may not have happened. An account is a reality. I love this account in Luke 19 that Jesus was just planning to pass through Jericho. He wasn't planning to stay there. And there was a man, Zacchaeus, a, a chief tax collector, rich, trying to see who Jesus was, but he was short. We know the whole story. And he ran ahead and climbed a tree. I think the last thing Zacchaeus thought was that Jesus would come to see him. Yeah. And there, there is in this passage what I call the divine must. So it says, when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry down, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. That, to me, that that is probably the most gold, one of the most golden phrases in Scripture. Zacchaeus, I must stay at your house today. So Zacchaeus hurries down, goes back, welcomes Jesus. Everyone else is grumbling because Zacchaeus doesn't meet their performance criteria. Uh, Jesus wouldn't be going to the house of someone like Zacchaeus. All the indicators are that Jesus has got it wrong and this is, this is the wrong man. But what we see with Jesus is that acceptance leads to identity. Mm -hmm. And that's the total opposite of what we see in our society around us, where if I perform well, then people will like me and I'll feel good about myself and I'll be worth something. So Jesus says to Zacchaeus, outside of Zacchaeus's expectations, criteria, religious activity or otherwise, he's probably the, the worst bloke with the worst criteria. And Jesus comes and says, Zacchaeus, I must come to your house today. I think you know, whether you're on the tractor today or whether you're in the car, whether you're going for a jog, whether you're doing the dishes, whatever you do, I think you can think about that in terms of your life. Holy Spirit God plants that phrase from Jesus into your life today, Zacchaeus, Peter, Craig, I must come to your house today. I I, I just love it, Joppo. Mm, mm. It's just interesting, you know, that the, the it's it's sinister what happens in our normal drive and and following the the, the nature of our sinful self. And um, you know, I've just recently reread for the tenth time the Freedom of Self Forgetfulness by Timothy Keller. If you can get your hands on that, if you haven't already read it, it's uh, quite brilliant. And he quotes Madonna here, who says, "My drive in life comes from a fear of being mediocre." That is always pushing me. I push past one spell of it and discover myself as a special human being. But then I feel I am still mediocre and uninteresting unless I do something else. 
because even though I have become somebody, I still have to prove that I am somebody. My struggle has never ended, and I guess it never will. And so what, what you're reminding us of, Peter, is that in Christ, he ends that. He ends that cycle of dependence on our own performance so that we can actually be free. For the sake of freedom, Christ came to set us free. And, and, there not, it is. and not only free in our spiritual life, like I, there's no religious activity I can perform <clears throat> in order for God to love me, but free in all of life. Yeah. Because that, if it's the fear of mediocrity that has us doing things, then I would never run again. Now, some of you listening to this may or may not know that I like running ridiculously long distances. And uh, if I was running for performance, then I would never run again because I'm 57 years old. I always finish right near the end of the field. You know, I'm always, the, if I want to find out where I am on the results sheet, just go to the end and start scrolling back upwards. <laughs> but why, why do I run? Because I enjoy it, because it gives me think time. It gives me contact and connection with other people. But uh, if we're going to live by someone else's standards of what is excellent or what is not, then it, it, it's actually a slave driver in life that robs us of joy and robs us of freedom. So I, I just invite us um, to, to reflect on that, that acceptance leads to identity. And in Jesus, we get the most radical acceptance ever. I must come to your house today. Mm. And... <clears throat> It, 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 it changes everything. When, when we have a heavenly father who, who loves us and when we live in, sorry, as we live in that love, things, things, things settle within us. I want to I share also from John chapter 1 verse 12 where it says that Jesus came to, to his own and his own people did not accept him. And here's verse 12. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. Now I'm going to pick that up in our next podcast, Craig, but I want to focus on that first, but to all who received him. In other words, there's an acceptance that is given to us and our role, our response in this is to receive the acceptance that's given yeah. because Jesus is the hero in the story. But Zacchaeus, the least likely candidate, Jesus says, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down. I must stay at your house today. And, and the, the verse says, Zacchaeus hurried down and was happy to welcome him. Yeah. So that verse from John 1, but to all who received him. So Zacchaeus didn't say, oh, shucks, Jesus, you, know, you don't know my track record. You don't know my history. Uh, it says Zacchaeus hurried down and was happy to welcome him. And I've seen in religious circles us play this game of God loves you. Oh, shucks, he couldn't love someone like me. It's this false pride that is a tool of the enemy to have us using the words of faith, but living with a performance mindset and a performance mentality. Yeah. Now, to those of you who are listening to this podcast, you are going to become spiritual fathers and mothers in the lives of others. In other words, there is stuff in you that other people are going to want and look to and receive from. But I'll say it as bluntly as I can. Only as we receive this unconditional, radical, non-performance-based, acceptance-oriented and founded love of the Father in Jesus do we actually have anything to give away. 
It's interesting, Peter, because I was just reflecting. One thing I like to be able to do is just bring the connection to, you know, how, how does that actually affect our witness in the world as we're sown as sons and daughters into, into the harvest? And, um, you know, a, a phrase that Brene Brown, I think, has coined um, for some of what you're talking about is hustling for worthiness. And, you know, we, we bandy that around in our family sometimes when some of our children do things which can only be described in those terms where, you know, we're just doing, we're just, we're just doing things to try and remind ourselves that we do belong and everything's good and we're important. And uh, if, if, we, if we as people of God, if, if, as children's, uh, children of God can be in the world and we're not continually hustling for worthiness, doing all sorts of unusual things to do it, then we can be more clear-minded and clear-hearted to serve. The Son of God didn't come to be served but to serve and so he's, he can't be messing around with his own worthiness. The most attractive people to be around aren't those who have got lots of money and aren't those who are the party animals. The most attractive people to be around are those who know their true identity. Their lives aren't consumed by fear. Yeah. They are not riddled with shame, and they don't live as slaves or orphans, which means that they know their identity, and that makes them free. The most attractive people to be around are free. To those of you who are listening, that's the invitation. Jesus says, I must come to your house today as we receive that and have the posture of Zacchaeus. Rather than going and cleaning our house so that Jesus can come, we invite him into our house, our life, just as it is, and we allow him to do his work of grace and acceptance in us, then we actually become the most attractive people in the world we actually have the right foundation to be spiritual sons and daughters. It's good, Peter. And, I, and then spiritual fathers and mothers. It's good, Peter. I um, I wouldn't mind just chatting in the next episode a bit more about um, spiritual fathers and and the basis and the foundation and and the practice of and the value of what that does in our uh, communities and in the local churches. Thanks, Peter.